a good writer must also be a good reader. So, fellow writers out there, what have you been reading these days, and what lessons can you learn from it to apply to your own life? It's Sam with a Friday video for you. I'm going to answer those questions for myself in just a moment. Actually, I'll probably just jump into it because I don't have a big update to give on my own writing progress. I, I, I've told some of certain previous videos. I'm working on revising my introduction of my book so I can then revise my pitch and send it out to publishers. I think there's a video I did about two weeks ago about details on that if you want to go, go back and hear it. But um, yeah, I'm still working on that. still in progress. It's taking me sl slow slow time because I've got other projects not going on too and, and other things of life but yeah I'm gonna do it um hopefully within not too long from now maybe a couple months hopefully I can be, begin the querying process again um so yeah keep wishing me luck on that anyway books um what book did I read recently if you look at my shirt you might get a clue um here it is my most recent fiction read that I completed J.R. Tolkien The Fall of God of Dylan Obviously, edited by his son Christopher Tolkien. I think this is the last, or definitely one of the last ones that Christopher Tolkien edited. Um, this is only, only published in 2018, so it's pretty recent. And, um, you know, obviously, J.R.R. Tolkien lived before that. Several of these have been published posthumously by um, after being edited by his son Christopher. And then Christopher Tolkien passed away in 2020. So um, this is, yeah, um, he was like 90 also. So, so this is um, one of the last ones he did. So, um, I've, I've mentioned in previous videos, that I've, I've alluded to this before, if you want to go back and hunt for the video, where we have to talk about it a lot. Um, you know, I loved Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit as a, as a, as a teenager. Um, you know, I, I read them in, with all the zeal and passion of a fantasy-loving teenager and said they were my favorite book and, and my favorite author and such like that. And just as an adult, you know, I, I still like them, but um, I haven't read them in like 20 years. Um, yeah, probably so. Or maybe maybe fifteen, but still, um, a long time, a long time. Um, and just, just as as an adult, I realized, um, you know, when, when I have limited limited time, limited focus, limited enthusiasm, if I'm being honest, um, Tolkien is not my first go-to. Like like you know, I still appreciate what he's done and for the literary world and everything, but um, his books require greater focus and greater concentration. You know, his writing style is different, so it's it's not always what I go to for easy escapist fiction and i was like i still appreciate this and i want to like it I just it's, it's it's hard and I, and so i challenged myself a few years ago to rediscover my love for tolkien so um i read his three recent-ish releases um the the um again obviously posthumous but i read the children of Huron and baron and luthien and this is the third one the fall of Gondolin. the fall of Gondolin. Actually, I have the Fall of Numenor here too that I haven't read yet. And I'm going to, but I'm not sure if that one falls in the, in the, in the public, publication timeline. But anyway, these three are kind of a, kind of a set. Um, so yeah, the Fall of Gondolin. Um, I, I read it and enjoyed it. I, I know it was based on a story from the Silmarillion, and I read the Silmarillion like probably when I was in high school, so um, 15 plus years ago. I don't I remember bits and pieces, but not but not not very much. So it was you know there was a version. I was in the Silmarillion. Um, let me tell you about this story and what I liked about it. Well, okay, first of all, um, these books, uh, you know, Christopher Tolkien gives some of the the edited versions. Of, uh, he gives it like with commentary on on his father's notes and such, um, and 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 he shows you the, the different versions of the story. So, um, I so Children of Huron was like a straight narrative, like by which I mean it was just a normal book, like like it was. You know, the story, you would just start, start and finish, and that's pretty much it. I mean, there might have been an introduction and a forward and such, 
but it was a story not interrupted. Baron and Lucian was more like, and I've said this in my review too, it was more like watching a movie with the commentary on, which is a thing some people enjoy, and I don't mind it, I just have to know what I'm going into, kind of. Um, it's more like Christopher Walken says, here's the first version my father wrote, and comments on it, and then he, and then the next part is like, here's the second version he wrote, and comments on it, and then it's like three or four different versions of the same story with editor commentary. Um, not, not, not saying that's bad, I just kind of didn't realize what it was going to be at first, um, and it, it, it was hard to get, harder to get into it for, for me. Um, this one was, was also like that. This one also has like three or four different versions of the same story with Christopher Wilkins' commentary on it, but uh, on, on the evolution of the tale over time. But um, um, I think since I was a little more, more prepared for it, I did enjoy it. And the, 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 the first version he gave, like the main story, was like 70 pages of uninterrupted narrative. So I, th I thought that was cool. It was, it was cool to read that story and just um, and, and, and just see um, you know see what it was like. So yeah, I, I liked Children of Heron. I didn't like Veron and Lithian as much for that reason. And I, I talked to someone else, a, a co-worker at my work, who um, had, has read them and has had the same opinion as me. They liked Children of Heron because it was narrative and then Baron and Lithian was harder to get into. But since I was maybe, maybe more mentally prepared for it, I enjoyed Fall of Gondolin also. So yeah, it's about the main character is it's called Tuor, um, and if you well, I, I didn't realize at first um, he's a, he's a man he marries an elf um, he ends up being the grandfather of Elrond um, at least in, in Tolkien's Legendarian so he's you know he's connected to characters we know um, he goes so he spends a lot of time in the beginning with some, with some elves he ends up going to the city of Gondolin which is like this you know this great city of this great stronghold of men and elves. That's where he falls in love with the, with the king's daughter, um, the, the 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 elf lady Israel, and gets married to her. And has a son who, according to the appendices, is Elrond's father later on. Um, and they live there in peace for some years, but um, Melkor is scheme, is scheming to you know to overthrow the city. If, if, if you don't if you don't know, don't know the legends, Melkor, also called Morgoth, is like the Satan figure of this of this world. He's even uh, even higher up in the bad guy clan than Sauron is, and he is like. He's like plotting, plotting to overthrow them and and wants to destroy this city. So eventually, someone betrays them, and he, and, he, and they do find out. Uh, Melkor finds out the location of the city, and he sends all of his orcs and werewolves and like the monstrous creatures against them. And Balrogs. There's this epic scene where Glorfindel fights a Balrog toward the end. Um, Glorfindel is also mentioned in Lord of the Rings, so um, that's kind of cool. So it was it was just this, this cool story of like you know you know of, of adventure and and this, this, the city does fall but the, the, the survivors you know go on elsewhere that's why it's called the fall gondola. It was this cool story of epic adventure and just um just just like that I was able, I was able, I was able to get into it even if it was you know even the third parts where the author interrupts with, or the editor interrupts with commentary and he switches from one version to the next. I was able to get into it for a while, so I enjoyed that. So if, if, if you're looking for something that's, that's like, um, you know, epic fantasy adventure kind of thing um, of the old style, like the old medieval epics, um, I'd recommend it. And I would even say, if you're not a diehard fan, you don't have to read all 200 pages of the different versions and, and the commentary. You can read, you know, no, no one will fault you if you read just like the, the main story and enjoy that for what it is. And don't read the rest because it's like owning a DVD but not watching all the all, all the special features of the commentary. That that is okay. It's allowed. Um, so yeah, uh, you, you do you. But um, yeah, consider that whatever option you want. Um, the Fall of Gondolin in many different versions is there. So let me tell you in the last couple of minutes. Um, just 
you know, um, some application from this. I said, I said it's, a, it's a medieval, it's like a medieval epic, and it pretty much is. I mean, you know, Tolkien was writing only in the last century. It's not that old, but, um, you know, it's, it's obviously not an original medieval, medieval epic, but he studied, studied those things and loved those, and that's what he, what he was obviously emulated by, and he was going for that tone. Um, you know, he, he, he studied things like King Arthur and, and Beowulf and stuff like that, and was going for a tone like that. And so just, just the language and style is elevated, um, you know, in, on purpose, obviously, Tolkien knew what he was, what the effect he wanted to, to achieve and what he was going for. So, so there, there are, there'll be times when it says, like, and great was his fall, or, or you know, the, like the, the city fell and great was its fall. Or I, I just noticed, like, he gives he gives a battle scene and he doesn't, like, go play by play, like, like um, this person hit that person or this person shot an arrow and, and like he was struggling to recover or anything like that. He does, he doesn't go play by play. He 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 he, he just kind of gives this overarching thing like like um, they had a battle and then this man fell and 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 great was the fall and and they had um, and 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 just kind of gives you the, the big picture because I think that's the that's like the style of the legends and myths that he's that he's basing it on and, and kind of going for. It's just it's it's it's. It's different details than what a modern audience might think of, but it's the style he's going for. Um, on that note, there's a meme floating around. Some of you might have seen um, George R. R. Martin, who of course is a known modern fantasy author, is giving some criticisms of Tolkien. And here's what he, here's one thing he said that's in this meme that I've seen going around. This is George R. R. Martin, author of um, Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire. He says Tolkien can say that Aragorn became king and reigned for a hundred years, and he was wise and good. But Tolkien doesn't ask the question, what was Aragorn's tax policy? Did he maintain a standing army? What did he, what did he do in times of flood and famine? And, and what about all those orcs? By the end of the war, Sauron is gone, but all the orcs aren't gone. They're in the mountains. Did Aragorn pursue a policy of systematic genocide and kill them, even the, even the little baby orcs in their little orc cradles? That was what George R. R. Martin asked, according to this meme um, that I've seen going around. And... You know, I, I've seen that posted in Tolkien groups, and people are like criticizing Martin for asking those questions, and like, like how how dare you criticize Tolkien? And my answer kind of is, well, those are not necessarily bad questions to ask, but they're not the questions Tolkien is concerned with. A modern audience like likes those questions. You know, modern audiences we want to know like the struggles, the the, the heroes, like you know, the, the ups and downs um, of everything, the, the the heroes' inner struggles and everything like that. Um, you know, what is the day-to-day -day life like? What is the mundane life like? Um, you know, what, what, what happens in, you know, in between, you know, what happens to get to happily ever after? What happens after happily ever after? Those are all very modern questions to ask and nothing wrong with that. If that's, if that's the genre you're writing in, but that's not what Tolkien was going for. And it, it was intentional. So Tolkien is going for the age of heroes and myths and legends where you say you have a great king. He was wise and good. He reigned for a hundred years. And like you, you leave it at that because that's 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 the heroic epic quality that Tolkien is going for. And so I see what Martin is saying. I'm not saying that doing it either way is right or wrong necessarily. I'm saying know your tone and know the audience you're going for, and that will help you to know you know which one to do it. Um, may, maybe you are writing a writing something that that's like the, the next medieval fantasy epic. And you want to do it, be you know, somewhat in the style of Tolkien in the medievals, then great, you can do that. Um, you don't have to give us every single detail about his political policy or or about 
about like the play-by-play -play of each battle. Um, you can give us the high notes and and read it like like an ancient mythical epic, and and keep it that way. Or what is more 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 popular these days, um, you know, focus on a character of human interest and give their story with the struggles, with the ups and downs, with the tax policy and everything, and um, have the readers connect that way. So both are okay, both are good. Um, just whichever one you do, know what you're doing, do it intentionally, do it well, and do it because it works for your story. So that's my advice to other fantasy writers or sci-fi writers or anyone trying to figure out where your story falls in this realm of um, of literature. So yeah, there you go. Fall Gondolin, J.R.R. Tolkien. I recommend it if you're a fan. Fun read of medieval fantasy adventure um, story, of course, in Tolkien's world. And um, yeah, keep writing, keep watching and listening and um, doing all those things. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye.